0: Let's get it going. Because this is currently recording. Recording. Do we have to intro this again?
1: I'll just be like, I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's part two. Duh. Parte dos. I don't know if that's actually how you say it. What language was that? I was going for Spanish. <laughs> but I don't know if parte is how you say part in Spanish. I
0: think that was like uh, the equivalent of tripping.
1: Tripping? Yeah, like the, way oh. you,
0: like the way you said that, it sounded like you tripped.
1: Well, because I, <laughs> I also... Actually, I think it was I was going for French at first. Yeah. And then I transitioned. Because I was like, I think I know Spanish. But parte might actually be how you... The de
0: <laughs> It sounds like you're genuflecting. <laughs> genuflecting? Yeah.
1: What does that mean?
0: It's when you take a knee in the church. But like when I was a kid, playing. Mm, baseball, sometimes I would, like, slide, but I wouldn't slide all the way, and so I would, like, slide on my knee. And my dad would be like, you're, like, genuine. It's like you're, like, between a rock and a hard place.
1: I see, I see. That's funny. Um, But, yeah, so, like I said before, we both wanted to do um, impactful songs or musicians or artists from throughout our lives. And so I started... And for me, I was similar to you with, like, it wasn't until much later on. I was really, really late until music really became more integral in my life. Um, In my childhood, it was, like, kind of what my mom was listening to. also really liked what, like, my older brother would listen to. He really liked, I I think I kind of mimicked him because I wanted to be like him type of thing, With I guess you wouldn't know. (laughs) <laughs> but like with siblings, it's like I'm sure you get it, but it's like you you kind of copy them because you want to be like them or like you want to impress them. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but so yeah, and then at a certain point too, I was just like, if there was a movie that was popular, I would like I really like the soundtracks mm. because it was just honestly for me to be relevant. Like I just wanted. It was just me trying to fit in, honestly. Like, I just wanted to... I don't know. So that was me early on with my music. And then it wasn't until late, late high school. (laughs) This is so funny. I'm just not realizing. Like, when I was, like, 16... 16 is when I really started to get into music. And that was... I really liked rap music. um, Because I liked to go out. Like, I liked the energy that it brought me, Mm -hmm. now that I'm looking back on it. um, But it wasn't, like, a deep connection with music. It was just, like, I thought it was cool. And I liked songs that, like, would get me hyped up or that were, like, that I could play. I loved making, like, a playlist for, like, a kickback or a playlist for, like, a party. Mm -hmm. Like, I really, I liked the energy surrounding it. So when I really started to get into music was... Was my senior year, or like the summer going into my senior year, and like Flower Boy was like really it, like an entry point for me into like music that I not only liked but like related to on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. um And so, Flower, like that fall, like fla- Tyler, Flower Boy, like me, my best friend from my high school, Addie, like we would just be in the car before school she'd be doing her makeup and we'd just be listening to that album like it's just just like how you have like very vivid memories like I have such vivid memories with that um and I was gonna see Tyler had like a little set up a little um show at the observatory in Santa Ana and the lineup was like I remember seeing all of them, it's like Clairo was there. That was my first time seeing her, who I also really started to like later on. But like Clairo, Steve Lacey, this was really early on in Steve Lacey's career. And mm-hmm. I, I can't even lie, he, he was he was struggling out there. Like it, <laughs> it, was, it was rough. It, it was very early days for him. I think he still had to work on like his voice a bit. Okay. Um, and then Brockhampton was there and this is where I fell in love with Brockhampton. Um, and then Tyler performed, too. And there were a few other artists that were, like, up and coming at that time. But, like, in preparation for that show, you know, I was listening to Brockhampton a bit just so I would, like, know some of the songs when I saw them live. And my friend Sophie from my club volleyball team kind of put me onto to them a little bit. But they were hard to, like, it takes a second to get into it kind of. So, and this was very early on before they had, like, like Bleach was their first song that that um, kind of got some attention and like kind of put them on the map a little bit but this was very like early for them and so they were still developing their style a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, but I heard Summer live and that song that song of theirs just is so like so reminiscent for me and and it's a it's kind of a ballad. It's like a, it's it starts with one of the singers, Kieran, he singing um, and it's like a piano ballad and then some guitar riffs start coming in later on and it's such just like a nostalgic, honestly a beautiful song. Like I still love it to this day. But I heard it live for the first time and I was just like, "Wow. Amazing." Like, and after that, I saw them four times in one year, and that was like the height of like my my like stand um with Rockhampton. Mm-hmm. But um I yeah, I just fell in love after that. Um, and so I just want to do like because I feel like I grew up with them, so I kind of just want to like relay a little history of theirs. And they had a vice documentary come out in 2017. so so essentially, the head of the whole project is Kevin Abstract, who was born what was his actual name? ian ian clifford ian simpson that's his actual name clifford Um, ian simpson clifford ian simpson but his like performer name is kevin abstract and he's a he has his own independent he's an independent um artist as well but so he started it on um a lot of these a lot of the group members went to high school together him matt champion who's another singer merlin wood don McLennan. Um, they, wait, sorry. No, Kevin, Kevin Abstract, Joba, who's one of the performers, singers, Mm -hmm. Matt Champion, Merlin Wood, and Amir Van, who later got kicked out of the band. They all went to high school together. Um, But they met on a a music discussion forum called Kanye To The. That's like where they, you know that one? I I actually know
0: some people from there that have started like new chat rooms and groups. Really? Yeah, that that like is the genesis of a lot of social. Wow,
1: that's cool. to the- But so they met on there. They were first called Alive since forever, founded in 2010 in San Marcos, Texas, and then they rebranded um, as Brockhampton in 2014. Um, Complex magazine does describe them as gay, black, white, DIY, ambitious, all-inclusive, and would-be pop stars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: That's such a crazy description, because why are we would-be pop stars?
1: That, well, that's, a, honestly, I like, I hate to say that, but I feel like they did get kind of stunted at one point, and and, I mean, but aside from that, I feel like what was so alluring to me is that it was, like, it was people of all ethnicities. Um, their just their style as a group was so diverse. Like like I said, they have that ballad that I really fell in love with. Their genre would more be described as like alternative R and B, alternative hip hop, okay. um or just hip hop. Um, but they just had such a wide, like, eclectic range and style and I also like the idea of them as a collective, like just as, like Kevin Abstract, who was, you, you know, a vocalist, a producer, he he wore a lot of hats in the band, but he was just as important, at least how they portrayed it, like in the documentary, or the docu series, just as important as like a producer, or just as important as like a videographer, a photographer. Right. Like it was very much a collective, and the music was just as important as like the music video, or like their website or the merch like it all it was like it just it was about art and it was about a vibe more so than just like a one one person or a few people or or like it was just it was almost like a utopia to me like it just (laughs) like I was like I want that like I want to be in a collective like that where like everyone's kind of equal and it's really about the art more than it's about like a single person leading it, even though, like, and especially towards the end, like, Kevin really. He, I mean, even in the Vice document, the, the Vice docuseries, like, he's kind of giving Dictator a little bit just because he's. How do I say? He just, like, he has a very strong personality and it's very ambitious mm-hmm. and a very go getter. um, but it kind of ends up being the downfall of the group in the end, unfortunately. Right. Um, but so, so, yeah, I saw them in 2017. Their first mixtape called All American Trash came out in 2016. And that album was very... It was experimental for them. Like It was kind of an exploration of their style and, and what their sound was going to be like in the coming years but you kind of get just kind of like a taste of, of them as a group, um, songs. You,
0: what was their first like mixtape or album, like, is it good? Cause I know for a lot of artists or like groups, like their, their first entry is kind of like a demo type thing and it's not right. that great i would say it's a
1: it's a demo they have some songs on there like i chose two songs in particular Mm -hmm. i also made a playlist that i'll link of like all like my top picks from each album Um, but the two songs that i listed in particular were home and infatuation Mm -hmm. um which i like infatuation is so emblematic of of their style i like as a group like it's r&b it's but they're also kind of fu- futuristic and kind of and like trippy, mm-hmm. and I remember like listening to that song in the car like before school with a friend, and like we were just blasting it, and it's FJ Cruiser, and like it, I just was like, just tripped out because it, it's just such an amazing sound. Like the quality of their music has always been really good. I would say sa- the Saturation Trilogy is when they really like start to pop off. but all american trash it's like it's just an intro kind of um so then they do the saturation trilogy um that those all came out in 2017 june 9th august 25th and december 15th um of 2017 so so the third one saturation three dropped like right before i first saw them um and and i'll list a few songs off each album that i that i fucked with like saturation the so first one in the trilogy, Gold, Face and Waste. Those are three that I really liked. Um, saturation Two, um, Gummy, Swamp, Sweet, Summer. Saturation Three, Johnny, Hottie, Rental and Bleach. And Bleach is, I think was kind of their entryway into being more mainstream. Like I remember talking to some mm-hmm. of my friends going into college. And a lot of them had known about Bleach. Like, Bleach was really their first... It's The Saturation Trilogy is when they really started to gain traction. And Bleach, um, it was more mainstreamable, for lack of a better word. Like, it was, it was R&B and it was cool and a little alternative. And I, I just think, like, it, it just worked.
0: Yeah, I think Bleach was my introduction to Rock Yeah. Thing. I remember like YouTube suggestions came up. and yeah. it was like "Bleach," and that was like my first intro to it. So I can, yeah, I can see that being their like mainstream mm-hmm. hit that uh, mm-hmm. popped it off for them.
1: And they really, yeah, again with that trilogy, just started to get a lot of traction. Like, and just the work ethic—they were all living in a house together in South Central LA, and it really was a collective. Like, a like. People were working jobs to help pay rent, obviously, but, like, the focus was really music, mm. um, and they were just working their asses off to get that. all those three albums, which all of them have so many songs on them. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, yeah, like, they... But they really just worked their asses off, and, and it paid off. Um, and even early on, before that trilogy, like, um, Tyler, the creator, kind of, like, was taking a liking to them. Like, in the Vice documentary, we you see, like, Kevin on the phone with Tyler before a show and and Tyler's just kind of like hyping Kevin up a little bit and then obviously they were um, at that show at the that Tyler had organized I was at the observatory so so we kind of helped him out. Like, he, you know, I feel like Tyler does that with some artists. Like, he'll kind of take a liking to them and kind of give them a platform. Which is rare, I with, would say. Yeah, especially early. I feel like that was with, kind of with Steve Lacey, too, early mm-hmm. on. Like, there are certain people that he just kind of helps boost, bigger which is really cool. Um, so I saw them for the second time at Coachella, um, April 2018. And that was... It was amazing because after, at that, by that time, I had become more of a fan and knew kind of more of their history and gotten more into their music. And it was a big stage at Coachella. It was a beautiful day. There were a lot more fans now because obviously it's Coachella, it's a bigger stage. It's a bigger crowd. The energy was just amazing and it was great. And Amir was still in the band at this point. And it was just like an amazing show. Um
0: how would you describe like their concert experience? Is it kind of oh chill or is it? No,
1: like- I mean they're hy- they're hype as fuck. Like they don't have a band on stage, it's just them, um, with a pre recorded like instrumentals or, or just without the vocals. Mm. Um, but they're just they just have such like a they are had just such a cool energy. They just bounced off each other, they would get they get you so hyped up. Their visuals are so cool because they are like artists. They're visual artists that are on the crew. Like, so they, they just like really curate a cool and just like a vibe. Like it, it just, and they like their fans too because they are so, they are like quirky and they're like some, you know, they're, Brockhampton doesn't, I feel like doesn't have the best like a rap because they are quirky and they're weird and like they can, their fandom can be like kind of weird quirky people <laughs> <laughs> but like do you say you're weird and quirky definitely like definitely and that's why i'm such a stan but just the energy and being around other brockhampton fans especially at that time early on um it just was really cool. like the energy was just great and mm. i feel like that was their prime and this is why i feel like when the complex magazine magazine to describe them as would be pop stars. I feel like they hit some bumps in the road Um, after the Coachella show, like allegations came out against Amir who was really like an integral part in the group. Like he was this tall, really handsome black man, like swaggy as fuck, like just like a really dope dude that brought really cool energy to the band and yeah, these allegations came out against him. Um, he did admit to being mentally and verbally abusive, denied the sexual abuse, but essentially like Brock came to, and there was like uh, an album slated out to come, or slated to come out that June. Um, but then, yeah, they they announced that he was gonna be kicked out of the band essentially.
0: So this was in twenty twenty eighteen. So, so but they haven't dropped.
1: They didn't drop puppy yet.
0: Iridescent. No,
1: and that's that's um, no, that's that's still. So so puppy, which was slated to come out, never came out. Some songs came out, um, like on SoundCloud and stuff, but like it never came out. And I feel like it kind of stunted them because they were they were they were just. On this track for like really becoming bigger, they they had the trilogy, they had the Tyler Show, they had Coachella. Like it was a really it was an upwards trajectory, and then it kind of the Amir stuff happened, and it kind of threw him off a bit. Mm. But still, after Coachella, they signed with um, Sony RCA Records in twenty in March of twenty eighteen, and so then that summer, oh, so then I see them um, again at Agenda and a festival in Long Beach, 2018, June, and Amir's no longer there. So that was like, I'd seen them twice with Amir. That was the first time without. And the energy was definitely different. It was sad. You could tell they were sad about the whole situation. They, I think they just cut out Amir's parts and songs. So I just feel like a lot of songs that like were getting big and, and brought a lot of energy, like there was just a shift in, in the dynamic of the band and in their performance in general. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it was, it was hard to see. It was like, it's just it was just interesting, like kind of just growing up with them and like seeing how things shifted. Um, they dropped a few singles that summer and then Iridescence came out um, September of 2018. And so this is after they signed officially. It's also important to note that like Kevin, I think even in the Vice documentary, he's like, they really prided themselves on being an independent. And like Kevin, I think talked about having this whole dream of creating his own record label. Like he, he really didn't want to sell out. Like that was a lot of the appeal of them is that they were so alternative and like had their own collective going on. So they sign, Amir's kicked out. Next album is *Iridescence* and it's really angsty. Like, it, there's a shift from like the R&B. A lot of it is really kind of it's alternative and it's kind of um, electric or like m- not metal. I don't know how to describe it, but it's really angsty and it's much more hardcore. And I feel like that's them kind of it was their outlet after all, all the Amir stuff and like having so, just some anger and and you can just see it expressed through the album Mm. and in the album they talk a lot about like now like kind of having some fame now and how it's shifting the dynamics and and how they kind of miss the old days when it was just them creating music and creating art um for the heck of it, and it's a and you know now things are pressurized and things have changed, yeah,
0: especially when signed. Like it's yeah. Aside from just fame, now it is a, a job. Like, yeah. You're like required to put out music, you're like contractually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that has to have like a, a certain weight to it.
1: Absolutely.
0: And i um but I'm also like seeing It's also. Well, after the saturation series, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the only album titles that's not in all caps either, which is kind of Re- interesting.
1: Iridescence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely were rebrand. Uh, they just, cha- you know, you can tell that there was just a shift when that happened. Um. So that was Iridescence. What's the next? The next one is Ginger. I'm trying to think it.
0: That was my favorite, bro. I can't think that. Like, I used Ginger. to listen I listened to like in 2019 like that was in my top 5. Really? Albums. And like Sugar was probably my like favorite song. Sugar.
1: Yeah. Well, Sugar that so that's like essentially when their next breakout happened was with Sugar. Okay. That it was um like there's a TikTok dance to it. They end up mm. doing a remix with Dua Lipa mm. with sugar. So that was kind of like their next like more mainstream breakout. Um And it was I don't know. It was a quieter album in the sense like me and another high school friend of mine who we both loved Brockhampton. We b- kind of were both like not. Not that it, I wasn't the biggest fan, but it just was, like, they are more subdued in it, and you can, yeah, yeah. it was kind of quieter, it was kind of, yeah, it just was, de- it wasn't, like, their, their typical, like, kind of boisterous, um, out there vibe, like, they just kind of, which I think is, it just kind of speaks to where they were, it was kind of a, like, a remorseful, kind of nostalgic like longing kind of album like it was just was it felt kind of introspective and a little sad like it it just kind of it was just a different era and in their development as a band um where they had come what they had left behind it was just different but so from that from iridescence some songs that that i really liked um the first two songs new orleans thug life They like, it's one of those things where sometimes artists will like make two songs blend into each other in an album, Mm -hmm. which I, which I really liked. I always would listen to those two back to back. Um, Juvert, um, that was a really, really angsty song on that album. Honey, San Marcos, which is really sad. And San Marcos is where, you know, the band was, was formed. And it's like a really nostalgic song, Mm -hmm. song, um, Tanya which was about, you know, Tanya, that ice skater, you know, that there's like, do you know that story? I'm not going to say, say this right. I don't know if Tanya is the one that got her kneecaps. She either is the one that got her kneecaps bashed in before like a big, um, like skating competition, or mm. she hired someone to do it to someone else.
0: Okay. I've heard a story
1: like it's, that yeah it was, it's like a big scandal and so I think it, that kind of had to do with um, Amir and just all that drama like they were just kind of venting in iridescence Ginger the sadder one um, songs off that No Halo which features Deb Never who also is a co- kind of cool underground alternative artist and who has gotten bigger um, Sugar obviously St. Percy which is kind of angsty um <clears throat> And love me for life which is kind of a quiet r&b and the next album roadrunner new light new machine that's april 9th of 2021 and it's it's honestly a cool album like it definitely is more corporatized like they There's have a lot of features it's, <laughs> i was gonna it, i was gonna say they have a lot of features they have danny brown on there they have asap rocky on there um <clears throat> They have Charlie Wilson on there, which I really like. I grew up with Charlie Wilson. Do, do, did you? Do you no, know Charlie Wilson? Really.
0: I mean, I know him, but like, I didn't grow up with him.
1: He's an R&B singer. Like, I would listen to him growing up. Tyler features him on a lot of his albums, okay. Charlie Wilson. And so I just like seeing him on there because I grew up with him. And and, and he reminds me of my dad a lot. So then, mm. you know, I love Hampton, So then seeing him on these songs is really cool. <clears throat> um... But I feel like this song is kind of, is definitely more it sounds a lot like their what their original sound was like, but it feels kind of hollow like you can tell that it is kind of more for the label mm-hmm. or it's just like it's almost like them imitating how they were originally, but it just feels, like I said, it just feels hollow. Like, it feels like the soul isn't really there anymore. Right. But it still was a great album, and songs off that, Buzz Cut, which features Danny Brown, Count On Me, which features ASAP Rocky, I'll Take You On, <clears throat> which features Charlie Wilson, and Old News, which features Baird, who's, like, also an up-and-coming artist. Mm. Um, yeah, like, that album... <clears throat> And that like is that was when was that that was spring of 2021 yeah that it reminds me of my junior year of college <laughs> and then sadly we come to the end of brockhampton um which is tm the albums tm and the family which come out november of 2022 and it's just a mess. Like, it's truly a mess. I was listening to The Family this morning, and only Kevin is on the album. No one else is on the album. It's just Kevin, and he's just airing out all of their dirty laundry.
0: On the album?
1: Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's a mess. He, he, That poor boy, like, I truly feel bad for him because he just, like, he has some shit going on. But, like, in the album, he's talking about his alcoholism and how... um all he cared at a certain point, all he cared about was like he just he was spending a lot of money on buying more alcohol. He's talking about how um, like he would be on Zoom with another member and like a member would be truly like sharing profound feelings about like feeling sad with like um, the pandemic or just like shit that they have going on in their lives. And Kevin is just like, oh, wait he hold that for a second like let's pull out the camera like let's record it like he wants to just create content hmm. and it's no longer about like the band and, and the camaraderie and them as a family um he talks about he says in one song he's literally like oh yeah the label just needed 35 minutes of music and that's essentially what that album is like it's just Kevin just kind of trying to fill in that space Um, and in one song, he's like, I'm the richest nigga that ever fell off. And it's like, you're not, you're not all that, Kevin. Like, I I think he sees himself as a Kanye in some ways. And I think he tries to emulate that a bit, but it just, (laughs) yeah, like it just like, you can kind of see he's, it's just really messy. Um, so that album dropped and then TM dropped, which has, like a day later I think which has like songs with all the members on it but none of them stood out to me I really don't really remember any of them except one which I really liked which was called Animal and it kind of it's a really sad song and it, it to me it's very encompassing of just the end of the band like in the song it's like at first it's really ha it's kind of happy and everything's fresh and I feel like it kind of it represents like their rise to f- to fame or just like the process in the beginning and then the song just kind of spirals and it's and it's saying I just need something that'll make me feel I see something that'll make me feel like um another lyric is like like are we drinking are we smoking like it's kind of like talking about substance abuse and um and I don't know, that's kind of just where it ends. Like they kind of just fell apart. Um, you know, they'd been together for a long time, so it kind of makes sense, but it just is kind of sad to see where where they came from and where they went. And just, it kind of imploded um, at the end. A lot of people want to start making music independently. Um, But it just feels like at the end, it kind of, it wasn't so much them growing apart as it kind of was like things just getting fucked up and spiraling. And then, yeah, just it collapsing at the end.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because I'm saying that like Kevin was also releasing music as like Mm -hmm. uh, an indie artist during that time. So I'm wondering like how. Well, do you like him as, like... I do. ...his own artist?
1: I... I The most recent album that he dropped, which he dropped very recently, I really like. It's hard... It's, like... In this case, it, it, for me, it's a separation of, like, the art, the artist and the art, because I feel... That, I don't know, obviously, <clears throat> specifically what happened with the band. I do know, because he airs out so much Dirty Laundry that, like... And I don't know the ins and outs of this the situation, but like he apparently he did start to get back in contact with Amir towards the end. And obviously, he's like abusing drugs and alcohol. Like I'm not sure what really what's going on. I hope that he's getting better, um, but it's it just is sad for me. So I feel like I don't know how much I fuck with him like as a person, but I do appreciate his music and his ingenuity. Um, but yeah, he was making music independently the entire throughout the the entire time. Some other people would be fe- like, um Joba's featured on one of Blood the Blood Orange, Devontae Hines like one of his mixtapes. Mm. <clears throat> and it's actually funny, like some of some of the songs in that last album where Kevin is just like a complete mess, like is named I don't know if it's named after, but the same song that Joba is featured on. So I, I, I'm kind of like, was there beef there? Was there an issue with people trying to wanting to branch out? Hmm. Um, even though Kevin was branching out, like I'm not sure all the inner workings of it. It just, I, I don't know. It's so nostalgic for me. So it's like it's, kind, it's just sad to like see how it ended. Do, you,
0: do you think it's almost a case of them like? <laughs> Getting too big too fast and not like understanding how to handle everything, or is it just hard to like keep that many people together in a band when you're going from say, I don't know how old they were, but say 18 to like 22.
1: Yeah, I was looking into it. I think one, yeah, it is. It was, I mean, like I said, aside from there just being the book, there's a vocalist. There were some people that were also that were vocalists and producers. There are people that were simp- like solely like um, videographers, photographers, visual artists, like and everyone counted and everyone kind of had a say. That was what their thing was. But obviously, with so many voices, it can. It, I'm sure that gets really hard to like actually make concrete decisions right. and have everyone represented. So probably with time, it just people felt like they weren't being heard. And certain people, I think Kevin's voices were getting too loud and overwhelming. But also, like you said, like Kevin was—he—he he was born in nineteen ninety-six. So he, so when the trilogy was coming out, he was what twenty, twenty-one, mm-hmm. like so young, like so. And all of them, some people are younger than that, some people a little older than that. But like, that's just so many young men that it's <laughs> just like it's. It's probably just, yeah, they didn't know how to maintain. There were obviously issues with different members. You know, they were signed to a record label. Maybe they didn't know. Like, it's just, they were just so young, I think. So I think it makes sense that, like, it's it. maybe it didn't end up working out. But... Yeah.
0: I mean, because truth be told, there aren't too many, like, groups that last forever. Yeah. Like, eventually, all, all of them kind of dissipate in some yeah. way and they do their own thing and then they'll come back and do like a 50 years right. later or like 10 years later but like right. i mean even thinking of like tyler and like Adf, um, mm. uh, uh, um, like that went on for a bit but eventually like as people start to get older yeah. they're like I probably don't want to be yeah. living in the same house as definitely. ten other guys definitely. for the rest of my life. <coughs> I need to branch out and do some different definitely. things. I think that's natural. Now, does it have to implode in that right. way? Not necessarily, but you know, when you throw in so much fame and then yeah. money, you know, you get drugs and alcohol going. Right. It's, just, it's hard not to. You know,
1: definitely, almost crash out in definitely. different ways no uh, it, it totally makes it just it's crazy just to see like have been there like along the evolution for so much of it and I, it does it does feel natural like things you know things blossom and then things fade away and it's just like the nature of life and the and the way things go um so it it's just very nostalgic like talking about them and like thinking about just their different seasons of the band and and how they correlated to my own life, um, but, yeah, I mean, I wish nothing but the best, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, would you say that you're, you're still a fan, or is it more so, like, if they, if they were to get back together tomorrow, and, like, Drop an album? Mm-hmm.
1: Are you like,
0: yes, I'm listening to like Brockhampton, or is it more so like, I might listen to it, but I'm not really interested as much. I'm
1: definitely listening, cause I'm like, really? yeah. I mean, I just, I really like I, and this is like, I, you know, it's a weird parasocial relationship, but like, I, I would be intrigued to know why they, why they're suddenly back together. I want to hear. I mean, I like, cause it's like, I you know, I would follow the different members, like, Joba, I I love and, like, identified with so much, he was kind of, like, the weird one, like, he's, like, the weird, like, tall, like, awkward, like, a little, like, had a funny mind, like, I really identified with him and just loved him, like, Matt Champion, he was kind of the hot one, like, everyone thought he was hot, and, like, like, I I feel like I kind of know them in a way, and so... Yeah, I definitely would be listening, mm-hmm. and it, I feel, it's nerdy. Like, this is something I, I, I really, truly was a Brockhampton stan, and maybe still am. <laughs> but it just was cool to like grow up with. Them. I feel like I grew up with them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. I was just having a a conversation with someone about like ownership and like fans feeling like, oh, we made a certain artist or like as Mm. fans like you owe us certain things because Mm. if it wasn't for us like you wouldn't have all this money and fame and whatnot and so i wonder for some people if there's kind of like a a feeling of being cheated in some ways because it didn't like pan out forever um probably but yeah
1: i'm sure i'm sure because as much as i was a stand too you know there are people like there's forums of, of them uh, or like subreddit rockhampton subreddits which i honestly i'm probably subscribed to but i never go on reddit <laughs> ever but you know there are people that like are real real stands mm-hmm. like and so i'm sure some people are like what the fuck but yeah like we said like it's just like they're not going to exist forever they signed a record label they needed to make a certain amount of music which they made um even if the one album was entirely kevin abstract like <laughs> honest kanye shit but yeah it's just the way things go you know Mm -hmm. and I mean I wish a lot of them peace I think I mean Joba like at one point Joba's dad committed suicide he talks Mm -hmm. about that in an album like you you do kind of develop some kind of sense of a bond when you like see them go through like the Amir shit and then like the the dad's suicide i i've seen that some of them be in and out of different relationships like (laughs) i'm telling you like i really like followed this band so there's definitely like i feel like not ownership but like parasociality like it's just like i feel like i kind of know you guys a little bit and i want them to do well but Mm -hmm. i don't need yeah there's not entitlement as far as I'm concerned. Right. Fandom is a scary thing. It can be. Yeah.
0: <coughs> I feel like that's... Um, it's a slippery slope. You know, for sure. I guess it's hard, right, because cause some people make musics that pull on certain strings of ours, and so it's kind of hard not to connect deeply Definitely. with an artist and feel like they, they know you and mm-hmm. you know them but then again at the end of the day like they're so far removed Mm -hmm. from us that like those connections are are so imaginary Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases it's such a like there's such a barrier between us and the actual thing and Mm -hmm.
1: like
0: i don't know it's it's a yeah we 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 do we we do live in like a, a a society of like idols and like people have a tendency to, to 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 gravitate to certain idols, and it's I think it's dangerous in a lot of cases. Definitely. But it's the world that we live in. It uh,
1: is. It's also like like I think p- sometimes people can fail to consider that p- a lot of artists make s- characters that they perform through. Mm-hmm. So like even though someone might be telling a story. Um, through their music or whatever it might be, that might not even ha- really have to do anything with them, or mm-hmm. it could, but it could be like strongly exaggerated in in the song. Like, mm-hmm. so you think you really know some, you think people might think that they really know this musician, but there's there's so they're removed by so many layers. You might think it's just yeah, like you said, like it's like you don't really know the person like you think mm-hmm. you do. You might follow some of their, like, you might follow their social media and, like, what seems to be going on in their life. But social media is not an accurate representation Mm -hmm. of a person or, like, who they are, what they've been through whatsoever. So there just needs to, like, be awareness regarding, yeah, the people that you might place on a pedestal and realize that, like, you don't know them.
0: Right. You don't. well, and music is such an interesting art form just because in comparison to actors in movies or say like a painter or artists, like when, when you see an actor on Instagram, you know they're not the people they right. act as. Or when you see a painter, you know it's like, right. all right, this is his artwork. Right. But music, like we have a tendency to believe everything they say is true and so even an artist on Instagram or online there's still that artist for mm-hmm. us like there's never a time where we don't see them mm-hmm. as that artist mm-hmm. um and so it's 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 just a medium that 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 is that you're constantly on and you feel like you feel like you have to constantly be that artist um and I don't and and I guess people never really get to pursue that personal side of things unless they go out and do other things or do instagram lives or stuff like that Mm. but even then you're still that artist and so you kind of get pigeonholed in that and Mm -hmm. people can't see you as anything but that um and that is a slippery slope it's
1: a slippery slope (laughs) and that's where you get like fans super fans showing up to to people's houses and being like i'm in we're in love like crazy shit yeah not that crazy. i'm not that crazy
0: (laughs) yeah there's levels to it
1: but yeah that's Hampton. that's as far as i know and i'm no pro but a lot of that by the way is off the dome like yeah like i truly like know know a lot
0: so so what type of music do you like now and listen to like how would you Describe your taste.
1: Um, I really am all over the map. I've I've had a lot of phases. I like hip hop. I like R&B. I like. I would say my favorite artist nowadays. Her name's Eliza. She's like. Um, she's a singer from the UK. Um, and her music is very it's R&B. She it's very sensual, very cool. Um, she speaks on. She, She's just, she's an artist in the true sense to me because her music is, I mean, I love the sound of it, but she also, like, will speak on very um, relevant issues that are going on in society today, Mm. and her music videos, too, were just amazing, like, I just really appreciate her as an artist, so I love R&B, I also like, I like, like, punk, and I like rock and and Mm. those, too. Um, so I'm all over the map, and I've definitely explored a lot of a lot of different genres, but yeah, it's definitely constantly changing, and depends on my mood too.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, Brockhampton mm. was just very central. Yeah. All right. Shout out Brockhampton, I hope y- y'all are doing well, and Kevin, if you if in the off chance you ever listen to this, don't hate me. <laughs> 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 well that's another that's part two. Parte parted de le part de and yeah. Thanks. We we've <laughs> we had a long day Valid. in Historia. Yeah. <laughs> a long, long day. <laughs> and we'll be back next Thursday or Friday. It's a recording still Yes, okay. That's good.
0: You're still talking. How to long it? is that? Are you still talking to the people? It's 47 minutes. okay
1: maybe. that's good yeah. <laughs>